soon as our family moved up here. So yes, I enjoyed the Donuts and Mr. Mercer's class and then, and then the Adventures in the Backlogs class and Adventures with the Pearsons as well. And so, yeah, it's super exciting to be back here this summer. And, um, and so a little bit about me is I just finished my junior year at Fresno Pacific University and I'm studying intercultural studies and contemporary Christian ministry. And so, yeah, I'm the summer intern here this summer and kind of so far this summer, what we've been doing with the youth, um, we've been walking through the beginning of Romans 5. So, so today we're going to take a closer look into Romans 5, 1 through 11, and we're going to start to talk about what is hope and what is this confident hope that we have and that we can have. And so in the beginning of the book of Romans, Paul is actually communicating to the church of Rome, and he begins to share like the people's sinfulness and um, forgiveness and freedom from sin. And those are just small nuggets of kind of what Paul begins to talk about. And in Romans 4 specifically for more context, um, Paul begins to share that faith is apart from the deeds that we do that are good with the example of Abraham. And he also begins to share the fact that faith is also apart from the deeds that we do that are bad with the example of David. Um, so this idea that faith is not defined by our good works and also faith is not defined by the things that we have done that are bad. And so as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be taking a closer look into Romans 5 verses 1 through 11 where Paul addresses this idea of joy and peace with God through faith in Jesus. So specifically, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to be looking at this idea, what is confident hope and how do we find it? And so as we take a closer look into scripture, I have some questions that I want you guys to start thinking of for yourselves. And so what does it mean to have peace with God? And what does it actually look like to have hope and how do we find that hope? So before we dive into scripture, I just want to take a moment just to pray. Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day and I thank you for the opportunity that we have the freedom to gather together to grow and learn more about you, God. I just pray that as we go throughout this morning, God, that, that only you would speak and only that our hearts and our ears and our eyes, we would just be open to hearing from you today. God, I just pray that you would enable me to be your vessel, God, that you would just speak through me to each and every one of us, God. Um, God, I just pray that your presence would be known. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to read Romans 5, 1 through 11. It's kind of long, but we're going to read through the whole thing first, and then we'll start breaking it down. So stay with me, all right? So verse 1, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. 
but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Wow, this passage has so many pieces to it and so many different, different ideas that we can dive into in each verse. So I encourage you outside of this service to spend some time with God and spend some time reading and really looking into it and looking what it means for you and what it means to, um, to apply all these things to your daily life. Um, so let's break it down. We're going to reread verses 1 and 2. Verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into, into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So Jesus paid the price for our sins, which enables us to have peace with God and hope in him despite our circumstances because of our relationship with him. So as I was preparing this, I was like, man, what is peace? You know, you hear a lot of times like world peace, you hear I, I'm, I'm now at peace, I, I'm comfortable in where I am, like God is, uh, God is moving and all these different things of what peace is. So I was like, let me just look up what the actual definition of peace is. So peace is freedom from disturbance, or tranquility. And so there are so many different ways that we try to fill this gap of peace in our life. We try to find peace in so many different ways. But let me encourage you in saying you can't find peace in another bottle. You can't find peace in another TV show, Netflix show. You can't find peace in another person. You can't find peace in your children. You can't find peace in any of these things. You can only find this peace that Paul is talking about, you can only find that peace in being made right with God through faith in Jesus. And so all of these things may give a temporary relief or sometimes like may point you back to God, but true peace is, true peace is only found in being made right with God through faith in Jesus. Peace, peace with God means that we have been re reconciled with him. So we have restored our relationship with God. There, there is no more hostility between you and your relationship with God because you have come to him and, and he has forgiven you. Peace with God is only possible because Jesus paid the price for our sins through his death on the cross. For the longest time, I thought that I could find this peace. I could just find this peace by you know, perfecting myself and then going to God. If I, just, if I just got rid of all my sin and then I went to God, then I would find this peace. And, and that's quite the opposite. And so this idea of, let's use an, use an analogy. So if your house is really, really messy, right? And, and sometimes we try to clean it on our own to surprise a spouse, to surprise your parents, to surprise your kids, whatever kind of um, surprise it could be. And, and it's a lot of work to clean it on our own. And imagine your heart is a messy room. So you have this mess within you and that's your sin. And, 
And we're like, man, if I just clean this all up, then, then God can come in and, and, and it'll be perfect and I'll have my full peace. But the reality is, is God's like knocking on the door of your heart. In Revelation 3, he's talking to the church of Laodicea the, and calling them out as being lukewarm. And God is knocking and he says, I stand at the door and knock. And so, and he's, let me jump in and clean this mess with you. Let me jump in and start helping you pick up those dirty clothes and do your laundry and those things. Like, I want to walk with you within it. If we run to God, he can help us with our sin. He wants us to run to him in the midst of our imperfections. Despite all of our sin, God loved you and died for you. And now, through faith, we can rejoice in our relationship with him. As we read these verses and begin to dive into Romans 5, I want us to all take a moment to re-examine your commitment to Christ. For so long, I thought perfectionism was what would get me that relationship with Christ. I thought I could earn it. And, and I thought it was going to church on Sundays, going to youth group in the week, doing all these things. I thought it was my family's commitment to praying before dinner. I thought it was... I thought all these things made me be a good Christian, and that was, that was where I would feel peace. But the reality is, is as he shares in Romans 4, it is not about the good things that we do, nor is it about the bad things that we do. The reality is, is that it's about your relationship with Christ. Only you and God know your heart and whether you're actually at peace with God or not. How much are you investing in your relationship with God that will actually bring you peace. We have peace with God. We can have confident hope because of our relationship with him and boast in the glory of God. So let's keep reading. Verse three says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Wait a second, how? How can I rejoice in suffering? How can I rejoice in the midst of what I'm facing that is so hard? How can I rejoice in the death of a family member or in the death of a friend? Or how can I rejoice in the midst of cancer, in the midst of disease and health issues? How can I rejoice in the midst of a lost dream? How can I rejoice when, when I feel like no one likes me? How can I rejoice in the midst of things when it just feels like, man, I'm walking through life and I just keep getting hit. One week it's one thing, the next thing it's, it's, the next week it's another thing. How can I rejoice in the midst of all of that? Let's keep reading. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop an endurance. And endurance strengths develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Right, I think we can all say we don't like discomfort. So our instinct is, right, if we put our hand on a frying pan, right, our instinct is to remove it, right? It's pretty uncomfortable, it hurts a lot, and we want to remove it. But there's still that discomfort after you remove it, like if you get a burn for like a few days, maybe a week afterwards, depending on how, how long you touch the burning surface. And, um, <laughs> and um, I just want to encourage you that God will be with us through it all, and our hope does not change. Don't run from the discomfort, but run to God in the midst of it. So I just want to share a little bit of my testimony of kind of last year that kind of like makes me so passionate about this passage because I've read this before, I've read it before, and 
it's just like, oh, yeah, joy and trials. Woo, woo. Um, <laughs> but the reality is, is that you really can find that joy. And so I've shared a little bit on my video from about a year ago when we went to Belize. It's crazy that was actually about a year ago. And, um, and so I was a collegiate swimmer, and I swam year-round for 14 years of my life up until last year. And so, so going into, I was coming back, going back to winter training, and, and I just woke up the next day, and I was like, man, like, I definitely have a fever. I really don't feel good. I'm supposed to be driving back for practice this morning. And so I, I went in and talked to my parents, and I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't know if I can make this drive. And, and so I ended up, long story short, making that drive that day, not going to practice. I was out for a few days, not eating because I had, my fever was not going down. So I went to urgent care, and that was when they, they said, oh yeah, you just have really bad case of the flu, um, let's get you on antibiotics. And I was like, okay, on the mend, let's go, let's get healthy so I can get back in the pool. And then a week later, I was finally starting to get back in the pool, and then I was going on my residence life retreat, because I'm an RA at Fresno Pacific, and, um, and I went, and the next morning, I was already going to leave early to go to a swim meet, and the next morning I woke up, and I could, could hardly turn my neck, because my lymph nodes were so swollen, and, I, and my neck was so, or my throat was so sore, and I was just like, ah, what do I do? I'm in the mountains, and then I have to go to a swim meet tomorrow. I'm like, oh, no, like, this is bad. And so I ended up, we ended up leaving a little earlier than um, the retreat, a little earlier than had planned, the swimmers who were there. And, um, and I called my mom. I was like, Mom, what do I do? Like, I'm still, I like, my throat is pretty bad, and I want to go to the swim meet because all my family was going to be there. And so I went to urgent care that night, late at night, and, um, and he diagnosed me with a throat infection. And so, more antibiotics. Okay, we're on the mend, we're on the mend. And I went to the swim meet anyways. I was like, I, I don't care if I swim slow, I just wanna see my family and whatever else. And so I was on the mend and I went to practice on Monday feeling great. Tuesday, the most unexpected thing that you could never, never predict happened. And, um, and there was a chlorine leak um, at our pool. And so what happened was usually the chlorine kind of outputs slowly, right? Every hour or so it outputs, but it had gotten clogged. And so all the chlorine came out at once while we were in, the pra while we were in practice. And so the next thing I knew is I couldn't breathe. And so there are five of us who had asthma who were pretty, pretty bad shape. And so longest five to 10 minutes of waiting for the ambulance to come ever. And just in that moment, I was like, the thing that I'm fighting for the most is a breath. And that's something that I never think about. And so I was at this moment, I was like, I don't know what, what this means. I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this. I don't know, like, God help. That's all I could do because all I could think about was trying to get that breath. And um, luckily, praise God, that evening we were all discharged from the hospital and after some breathing treatments and things like that, praise God. And, um, but at that moment, I was just like, man, like my comfort's stripped from me. Like my comfort is swimming. And all I want to do is get back in the pool and keep swimming. And so two weeks later, I got back in, finished out the season. And then we take like an annual like break, um, mandatory. And so after that, I was, I was here for spring break and I was driving back. And that evening, I was about to get back into, into the pool again, and, um, and I was up all night with the stomach flu, really, really bad, to the point where I needed to go to the hospital again. 
And I was just like, sitting in that hospital, I was just like, God, I'm just so done. I'm so done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so done going to the doctors. I'm done going to the hospital. I'm done with people saying like, Lily, you're still sick. Like, are you ever going to be healthy again? Like, you're still sick. Um, and like, or like, Lily, why you? Like, why do you keep getting sick? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. And, and I was just like, God, I'm just so done. Like, okay, what is it you want to tell me? And I finally was like, huh, maybe, maybe I am done swimming. And, and that was something that I started to really pray about, talk to people in community about. And, and I was just like, hardest decision in my life because I was in such great denial of it because I didn't want to give up that dream. And, um, and so, and I was like, God, you brought me here to swim all four years, right? No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, and so I was like, um, and so just following God in that, it was the hardest decision that, one of the hardest decisions that I've made, but yet I never felt more at peace once I finally made it and finally heard God and listened to him. And in the midst of that, like, I was just like, every week I was like, okay, God, what is it this week? Am I going to go to the hospital this week? Am I going to go to urgent care this week? Through that whole semester, I was just like, God, like, I'm so done. Like, I just don't, I don't know what's next. And so once I finally listened to him, I felt that peace. But it's this idea of until a year later, I didn't understand what hope actually was, right? So we hear the word hope, and we often think, oh, yeah, I hope my sport team's going to win today. I hope that our family gets a dog. I hope that I'll get this job. I hope that, I, that, um, that they'll hire me. I hope, I hope that my favorite team will win. All these things we hope for. We hope for all these different things. But the reality is, is none of those are guaranteed. Like, you're not guaranteed, you're not guaranteed that you're going to get the job. You're not guaranteed that your family's going to get a dog. You're not guaranteed that, that you're going to have kids. You're not guaranteed any of those things. But... But this hope, this biblical hope that Paul is talking about is a guaranteed reality that will not fail. It's a guaranteed reality. And so I just want to encourage you that when we turn to God, because of what Jesus has done for us, we will be made new. So let's rejoice in the fact that we know that God will finish this. In the midst of whatever you're facing, in the midst of those trials and tribulations, like God is with you in the midst of it. And and that's something that you can rejoice in because now that I've been a year out of that situation, I've never seen more of, like I've never been more confident in how faithful God actually is because I'm like, man, if I made it through that, like whatever hits me this year, I, I, God, I know, I know you're going to be faithful with it because I wouldn't be here standing today if I didn't make that decision. And so just seeing like, how faithful God is in opening these doors. And God's like, no, like I'm taking you here and it's gonna be so much better. It's gonna be so much better than you could have ever imagined. And so just, just that idea of in the midst of what you're going through, it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be a year from now, it might not be a decade from now, but in the midst of what you're going through, God is gonna do something with it. It might take time, but he will. And through this whole time, God was developing my endurance, developing my character, and developing my confident hope of salvation. Yeah. So let's rejoice in the fact that we know that God will finish this. 
Jesus paid the price for our sins, which enables us to have peace with God and hope in him despite our circumstances because of our relationship with him. So let's keep reading and to see more of how we can have confident hope. Verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person that is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. Wow. Um, God loved you before you even turned to him. Just think of that for a moment. The moment when you rejected God and said, God, no, I'm not going to choose your way. I'm going to choose my way. God still loved you, chose for you, chose you, and died for you. How, how crazy is that? Take a second to think of the worst thing you have ever done. I know it's not a fun thing to think of. He knew that very, very sin and still chose to die for you in the midst of it. Not to mention how much we sin daily. I was writing this and I was like, man, I was like, perfectionism, control, lack of surrender, lack of trust, um, comparison, jealousy. I was like, okay, God, I'm so sorry how much I sin every single day because that's, that's a lot. <laughs> and so in the midst of all of that, in the midst of how much I sin daily, how much, how much I sin, like God still chose to love and die for you. And so whenever you begin to doubt God's love for you, I just want to encourage you to remember this, to remember that he loved you even before you turned to him. That's how much God loves you. He, he loved you enough to die for you in the midst of whatever, whatever you've done. Man, if that doesn't bring you confident hope. Let's keep reading. Verse 9. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We can rejoice and overflow with joy because of what God has done for us. Because of our faith in Jesus and what he has done for us, we can, we can start looking forward to God's glory. We can rejoice in trial because of the work that God is doing within us and when it, within people around us. He has filled our hearts with his love. Going back to verse 5, it says, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Despite all of our sins, God loved you and died for you. Now through faith, we can rejoice in our new relationship with him. Confident hope. God loved you when? Always. And so this biblical hope that Paul is talking about, again, is a guaranteed reality that isn't going to fail you. So I know we've all like had a book, maybe had a movie, something like that, where you're like, man, I'm so excited to read this book. I'm so excited to watch this movie. And then someone spoiled it for you. And you're just like, 
Uh, okay, great. Um, <laughs> you're like, I'm really still excited to watch this movie, but uh, you know, now it's spoiled a little bit. But, but you knew, you didn't know when it was gonna happen, right? You didn't know when your favorite character was gonna almost die or even sometimes die, which is sad, but it's okay. But, um, <laughs> but you didn't know when those things were gonna happen, but you knew that they were gonna happen, right? And so like, you're watching the movie and maybe it's an hour in, maybe it's at the end, maybe like, it's somewhere along those lines, right? But you don't know when it's gonna happen, but you do know that it will happen. And that's, that's oftentimes this book. We know the end of the story, we know what's gonna happen, we may not have read every single page, but spoiler alert, God has already won and he will win. And so this idea that, so great, um, because of what Jesus has done for us, we now get to be in relationship with God and we get, to, we get to know, we get to have this confident hope that despite what we're going through, despite whatever is going on in our lives, that, that Jesus has already won and we get to have that hope and, wait, and like be excited about waiting for the day that God's glory comes. The love that called Christ to die for us is the same love that sends the Holy Spirit to live within us every single day <laughs> and even guide us. We get the, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power that has saved you and that is still available to you daily. Whatever you're going through, whatever it is, whether it's a good day or a bad day, you get a call on that same, that same power that rose Jesus from the, day, from the grave. And because of our relationship with Christ, you can call on God's love and power in the midst of every problem, every trial, every temptation, every sin, we get to turn to Christ because of that. So let's rejoice in the fact that we know that God will finish this. Jesus paid price for our sins, which enables us to have peace with God and confident hope in him despite our circumstances because of our relationship with him. Because that moment we say, God, I choose you, he gets to walk with us through it. So I want to share a little story of yesterday. Yesterday I went on a hike with my sister and my brother-in-law, and we went to Castle Craig and... Man, it's kind of a hard hike. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever been on it, or, but don't, don't be scared, scared to go if you want to go still. It's a beautiful view. Anyways, but um, it's kind of a long hike. And, and so what I was thinking of as I was coming down the mountain, I was like, man, man, we went uphill a lot, and then there was some flat ground, and then we went uphill, and then there was some flat ground, and then there was uphill and rocks. And we're just like, okay, we're going to make it through this, um, helping each other walk up. And then, and then there was this beautiful view where we just got to sit and enjoy this view. And then, and then there was a climbing down. And so we, we walked down in the downhill on rocks, which was way harder than the uphill. And then we went the downhill on the path, the straight on the path, the downhill. And, and like in all those moments, in life, right? We have our uphill, we have our flat ground, we have our uphill, we have our uphill in rocks when it's pretty tough, and then we have, we have moments where we just get to sit and enjoy the view, and then we have those moments where it's really hard going down too. And, and so, just in that moment, like, God says, hey, like, let me go on this hike with you. 
Let me help you clean out, clean out your room. Let me help you all these, let me help you walk through life. Let me help you walk through your sin. Let me help you walk through these trials because I wanna walk with you, whether it's flat ground, whether it's uphill, whether it's uphill and rocks, whether it's downhill and rocks, whether, whether you trip and fall going downhill, guilty, um, and twist your ankle, I wanna help you get up and keep walking. God wants to walk with you no matter what you're going through. And all he's saying is, man, I'm just standing at the door knocking, like waiting for you to turn to me. Like open arms, I'm right here. I'm right here. And he's, he's just taking a moment to just say, wow, like I love you and I'm here when you're ready for me. So my question is, what are you gonna do with this confident hope? What are you going to do in the midst of a trial or in the midst of daily life? What are you going to do with that? We know, we know the ending of the story. You don't have to read the whole Bible to know this ending of the story. God's already won. And so let's hope in that and rejoice in that because that is confident hope. A hope that isn't going to fail you. It's never going to fail you. And it's just like when we hope for things, like your team isn't guaranteed to win, but God is. God is a guaranteed win. So I just wanna, I just wanna take a moment to just pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day and I thank you for the opportunity to just gather together and hear from your word and hear from you, God. God, I just pray that as we go throughout life and go throughout these trials and go throughout these tribulations, God, that you would just be present in the midst of all of it. God, that we would recognize your presence in the midst of all of it because you are present. God, I pray that we would turn to you so that we can find this peace. God, we can find this peace that is only found through our relation or restored relationship with you. God, I just pray that as we go throughout these trials, God, that, that we may not be strong, but you are. When at our weakest moments, we, God, we turn to you because you are greater than our ups and downs. God, I just pray that we would begin to be confident in our hope and in our trust in you, God. God, and realize that you are faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.